it is February 19th. Um, Lauren will not be joining us tonight. Uh, tonight, uh, Lori Hood is going to be joining me. She's back. And um, how are you, Lori? I'm doing fine. And I'm just back for the night, folks. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Really and truly, I am. It has been a while. I feel a little bit um, nervous tonight. Uh, it, it's because it's been such a long time since I've got behind the switchboard and all that. But it just comes back like riding on a bicycle. Dogs bite my Yeah, just... <laughs> so, um <laughs> I haven't done a show since I got this new dog. <laughs> She's not liking Go on. Go on. <laughs> anyway, I'm here tonight, and I hope Cherie <laughs> doesn't mind that Laura's not here, and I'll, um, I'm just excited to be here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my youngest is turning three, going on 16 tomorrow, so uh, <laughs> we're, this is a birthday weekend, so it, this is going to be a long weekend. <laughs> And wow. you know, I've I've got a I've got a ten year old and she was pretty she was a pretty chill baby. And uh this second one though is a whole different ball game. <laughs> so uh my my first one was... she didn't really do what? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, and I'll, I'll tell you what I oh. was going to say when you get jumped. <laughs> I, I was just going to say my my oldest when she was younger, she was she was perfect and you know the sweetest little baby. And my second one, she's ornery, mean, and uh, is a little blonde tornado. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had the same thing happen to me. My first one, my son, was just laid back. You could put him in his little wind-up swing in front of the TV set, and he would just be as content. But Lauren, the second one, <laughs> she, she was just, I mean, she wouldn't even sleep at night, you know. I mean, and she wouldn't take naps, and I don't know how she I don't know how she stayed awake, but she was constantly into things, and she was just a handful. <laughs> seriously, still is. So she, so it, she was in her terrible twos for thirty-two years. Yeah, just about. Well, she's better now. <laughs> now that she's grown up, it, it, you know, once she grew up, it was okay. But she was, she was a chore. She was. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all been getting a lot of rain down there where you're at it, haven't you? Oh my goodness. I'm 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 supposed to rain. I can't do anything. I feel like a prisoner, a rain prisoner. <laughs> and uh <laughs> um we we're having flooding and everything else and it's just it's it's like today it rained hard for like about two hours, and um, right. and the water was just running down the hill. And 
so I'm not even sure how much, but I would have to say we've probably gotten 10 inches of rain in the last three weeks at least. Oof. And um, probably not a lot for some people, but when you have a, a, a puppy that wants to go outside and play and it's cooped up in the house, oh, my goodness, dog is about to drive me crazy. So now she's fighting the foot again. <laughs> Everybody's getting cabin fever. Yes, yes, she is. I am. I'm just ready to, um, ready for it to stop raining. And I think it is supposed to stop raining tomorrow. And the sun's supposed to actually come out. And you know, when it rains that many days and the sun comes out, it just blinds you. It's like you feel like yeah. you have to pull out a pair of sunglasses because you're so used to the dark dreary days and then all of a sudden that sun comes out and it's like ah, feel like a vampire <laughs> anyway. Alrighty, anyway, well, let's um, bring sh- oh go ahead no that that uh, i just want to apologize to everyone out there as y'all know i've always had a lag problem and so i'm going to try to not jump in as much as I usually do just so that I don't trample on anybody. So I'm going to get to the side and let Dustin introduce our guest. All righty. Uh, our guest tonight is Sheree Sanders. How are you doing tonight, Sheree? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. We are happy to have you. We've uh, I've been out on uh, several outings with you and uh you're one of the funnest and best cooks so uh <laughs> i <laughs> glad uh, we were able to get you on because i know you've got a busy schedule and uh i think i've only heard your story once and uh it was a pretty awesome story but uh so let's let's uh start your story um you're in, uh, yeah, my first, sorry. My first start, encounter? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was 15. I was took on a deer hunting, uh, deer hunting season with my dad and my brother down um, northeast of Cloudy, Oklahoma. And um, we had got up like at 4 a.m. as always and went out, and dad decided to put me in a tree stand. And he was going one way, and my brother was going the other way, and thought they might scare something my way, or you know, just to get things moving. And so they, he put me up in a tree stand. The tree stand was 18 foot up, and um, I got up, got situated. They took off, and it was about, it was about an hour before the sun started coming up real good, you know, to get us get quiet and everything, and. Um, Right after the sun came out, I started hearing noises behind me. Nothing big, nothing, you know, jump out at you, but just noises. Limb break every now and then, you know, just rustling and stuff. And I, I really figured it was just a little critter or maybe it was some deer coming over the top of the hill there. And it was about, I guess about 8 o'clock. 8.15 or so, 
and I heard it, and it was getting closer. And I had my British 303 in my hand, you know, ready to go and everything. And so I didn't want to move a whole lot, but I started looking over my shoulders, and I couldn't see anything. So I went, you know, I got still again and was watching. And I started hearing footsteps. I really thought my father had came back. It was that heavy. And I heard it walk up right under my tree stand. And when it walked under me, I, I said, Dad, what'd you forget? And I looked down. It was right there. And it looked up. It didn't really turn its head and look straight up at me. It just kind of leaned sideways and looked, you know, pointed its head up. And I froze. The eyes, the eyes were so intense. I mean, you could tell there was a lot of animal in him, but the, in, you could see intelligence in his eyes. I got a full look of his face. He had a it looked human nose, but it was wider and, and flatter. It was breathing through its mouth. Its mouth was open. It had square teeth in it. It had long hair all over it. The, the eyes, the nose, and the mouth did not have hair, but it was all around its face, its head. It was not cone-headed. It was round. It was big but it wasn't, you know, the pointed cone like a lot of them talked about. The shoulders was really wide. And I remember the hands were down below its knees. And it, it looked at me, and then it looked down, and it kind of looked around like it was scanning to see if anybody else was around or something. And it looked back up at me the second time, and it looked the other way. And then one more just glanced at me, and it just walked off. I had my gun right there in my hand. Never thought about shooting this. Never thought about it. And I just sat there. And it probably took me about 10 minutes to calm down enough to where I could climb down out of the tree. And to this day, every year when I deer hunt, I have never been in another deer stand. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't blame you. I just can't do it. <laughs> I just cannot do it. But the look on this animal's eyes, it will stay with me forever. Mm-hmm. And when I got down from the stand, I stood there for a little bit, and I went back to camp. And Later that evening when my dad and my brother come in, of course, they asked me, you know, why didn't you wait for me? And I was like, man, I've seen something. And, of course, you know, they're like, oh, you just didn't want to stay up there, you know, yada, yada. And I left that night. I didn't, I didn't deer hunt anymore that year. Hmm. Uh, what color was it? It was a reddish brown. Reddish brown. How long? Uh, how long did the hair look on it, like on either the back of its head or the rest of the body? The body looked to be probably three or four inches. I did not. I cannot remember it walking away. I remember it moved, and then it mm. 
I don't really remember seeing the back of it. But it it, mm-hmm. sh- it took off at a walk at an angle away from me. How tall do you think it was? I remember feeling after, right before I climbed down from the tree, that I felt like if it really wanted me, it could have just took its hand and grabbed me. And I, I know I was 18 feet up. The deer stand was 18 foot up. And it just, That's, it will always stay with me. That is uh, pretty scary. Absolutely. I think that would, uh, I think that would take, keep, keep me off of hunting for a little while. Or at least out of a tree stand. Because in a tree stand, you can only go one way. Well, I guess you can go up, yeah. but you can either go yeah. up or down. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to get in another deer stand. I, I can't do it. I just mm. I just start shaking. I'm like, I'm done. I can't do this. So I hunt from the ground now. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you say that was? When you were 15? I was 15. It was in 78. Cool. Um, what other experiences have you had? Well, since I've moved here, <laughs> I've moved out of southeast <laughs> Oklahoma and I lived up here close to the city. Well, um, what started me getting back into it, you know, I've always researched and read everything I could on it, you know, and kept up with it. But I didn't really get into going out and investigating and, and everything till just the last few years. What started it for me here was um, I have an autistic child, and uh, she has a a special swing set that spins, and it's out in one of the big trees here in my yard. And um, she goes out, she spins, and one of the things of the autistic children is, you know, they make sounds, they holler, they, you know, just make sounds. And um, she was out there swinging one evening it was right about dark just starting to get dark and I was out on the the front deck and I looked down towards the road and there's a line of trees runs right down right beside my place and then there's a creek across the road and it runs up through the the creek there and I seen some some eye shine and I couldn't figure out what it was. And where it was, I thought it was an owl. And, you know, that was about all I thought about it. And I, I got her to come in. And um, when she was getting ready for bed that night, she told me, she says, um, are those animals our friend? And I went, what animals? She goes, the big one that was outside. And it took me forever to try to figure out what she was you know, talking about. And I seen a, a program uh, on TV, one of the history channels, one of the big, and it dawned on me that that might have been that. And then I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm 20 miles from Okie City. You know, that that's not happening. That's just her imagination, you know, and everything. And I kind of swept it off. And I seen an ad for... Um, some speakers down in a bookstore 
down in uh, Lexington that was talking about Bigfoot. In fact, that's where I first seen uh, Dustin and, and everybody at was down there. Mm-hmm. And I went down and listened, and there was another speaker there speaking, and I actually got up with him you know, and, and told him you know, what had happened and asking, was there any other cases of these special need kids you know, interacting, these uh, Bigfoot coming around them and everything. And he started telling me all these stories that he knew and people he had talked to, and it, it kind of scared me. It really did. You know, she's, well, now she's five foot six and normal size, but they're, she's childlike. She still, you know, plays mm-hmm. like a kid, laughs like a kid and everything, you know. And with as much of like the 411 with the missing children and everything, it, it worried me. So I was always going out with her. And that was when I started getting into more of the investigating and everything to find out more about this, especially in this area and the history and everything here. So, and then we had a case, well, not a case, but one morning, um, the pictures that you, you that I sent you of the footprints with my foot next yeah. to it and everything that I found here on the property. Um, me and me and my daughter leave the house at uh, five o'clock in the morning to go to work, and it's dark. My house is up on the hill, and the, there's a long driveway and a, a gate because I have horses. And um, we got out to the car, we got outside, and she started complaining about the smell. Mom, what is that? And it smelled like like dead fish. And I was like, I don't know, maybe the dog's dog, you know, pulled up something, or you know, or one of the cats, or something, you know, something dead, been brought up. Said, said, don't worry about it. But it was really strong. And we got in the car and drove down the hill. When I went to get out at the gate, it smelled more like sulfur and a wet dog. And I just kind of looked around and opened the gate, got in the car, moved the car through, you know, then got out, shut the gate, looked around, didn't see anything. Got in the car, went to work, didn't think about it. That afternoon when I got off work, when we came home, I stopped at the gate and I walked through the woods there, right there next to my driveway. And that's where I found my prints at, was right there. And it really, there's life at my gate now. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be on the safe side, there's life at my gate now. Not a whole lot of people around at 5 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, didn't you see one kind of duck in as y'all were pulling in late one evening, I believe? One evening, one evening we were coming home. And it was the fall, last fall, when I started having sounds here. You know, I live, I live almost right between Lake Thunderbird and um, the wildlife uh, place down in Lexington, the wildlife reserve area down mm-hmm. there. And there's, uh, there's always sounds around here and owls. You'll hear the weirdest sounding owls trying to trying to sound like owls and yells. I've ha- I've had many yells out here, howls, 
then the coyotes will take off and start howling and everything. And so I try to keep an eye out, especially when it's warm enough that the girls are outside, you know, a lot and, and everything. And we were coming home, and it was just about dark, and the lady right north of me does not keep her place very neat. It's growing up and everything. And I seen what looked like it was a head and a shoulder, and it ducked down under some a uh, couple of trees that has fell on her place there that she hasn't cleaned up. But it was really, it was dark color. I did not see, you know, exactly what it was or anything, but it it, it got my attention as I stopped there in the road mm. trying to see it better. So, yeah. But I really think and there's how, something here. And like I said, I think it goes between the two wildlife part, places. Yeah, it's uh, very possible because there's a, there's a couple of main creeks that flow from um, the lake to the WMA. And it's, I mean, yeah. every, everybody seems to say that they follow the waterways. So, I mean, it's, there's a creek right across the road from your house. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very true. You know, we've and, had uh, uh, we've had mountain cats, you know, spotted out here, and there's plenty of deer all over this place. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got deer bedding down right out my front yard. So, you know, there's plenty of food supplies around here. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I forgot when was it that. Uh, Sapphira, your youngest, got uh, spooked at the bus stop. What was it? About a month and a half ago, about six weeks ago? Yeah, because school had just started back. Yeah, school had just started back. And the oldest girl, I take her to town for school every morning. But the littlest one, she's 10. And she walks down the hill to the road and catches the bus right there. Uh, my daughter is always in the house. Uh, she's she's disabled now, and she can't work, and she's always here with her. You know, she stands out here and watches her walk down the hill, or if it's rainy or something, she'll take her down in the car, but that's, you know, but most of the time, Safira walks down the hill. And one morning, she went to go, and we had a, a Great Dane and two little, little dog, littler dogs, and um, they wouldn't get off the porch. They always walk her down to the bus stop. And even that, you know, even after I had the lights on, on the pole halfway down and on the, the gate and out there by the road and everything, she's got four lights, automatic lights that come on, you know, movement lights. And so, you know, she's got those. But the dogs wouldn't get off the porch. And so she started off anyway, and she got about halfway down to the light, and she said something growled, and she stopped, Mm. and she said she kind of looked around, and she tried to call the dogs, and the dogs wouldn't come off the porch, and she said she heard it again, and she goes, Grandma, I just went back to the house, and that was, like I said, like six weeks ago. 
Yeah, and that, now, that since was when, then, uh, since then. Go ahead. I said since then. Well, one night I sat I sat out there a couple for a couple hours, and then one night you were over here, and we was out there mm-hmm. listening. And I I've heard one scream since then, but I wasn't I didn't hear enough of it to know, you know, to hear more of it to know exactly what it was. Um, there's been a report of another um, mountain cat here, so it could have been that, but. It was something growled at her enough that it scared her. Mm. That takes a lot to just scare uh, scare her. <laughs> she's a mean one sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, she's a monster. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when when that had happened, you had been hearing hearing it howling and screaming for what was it two or three nights in a row? Two or three nights in a row, yeah. And, and it then started that out, happened. It had started out one night with the owls, and it's really it's really funny because like every two weeks, I'll have a morning go out and you'll hear four or five owls, and it'll sound like owls, but there's also something that doesn't sound like owls. And um, you just kind of listen to it. One of these times, I'm gonna catch it with my recorder in my hand, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna catch it. And then the next time, there may be rooster. You may hear roosters everywhere. Nobody around me has roosters. I have gone to the houses and asked them. Nobody around me has roosters. And you'll hear two or three in different areas crowing. Hmm. The one guy that had chickens, he said he had them, and he lost every one of them, and he never could figure out what got into them. Mm-hmm. But that's the only one that that has told me that they had chickens. Hmm. That's a that's a weird one. Especially if you don't. Yeah. Especially if you don't have a rooster, and you know nobody near you has a rooster, it's it's a weird noise when you're not expecting it. Especially when it's loud roosters. I mean, you know, I've been I've been around chickens. You know, my kids have had chickens and and everything. You know, I know the roos- the roosters and you know crow and carry on and everything. But when you hear something that loud crowing, that's the first thing that goes through your mind is that ain't a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, it's an awful big rooster. <laughs> So um, I think it was last year we went on an outing in uh, southeast Oklahoma, and uh, we went to that one spot where I left uh, you and I think it was Greg. What is his name, Greg? Oh, George. Anyway, I'm trying to – George. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to – do you want to talk about the kids laughing incident? Oh, the night we was all okay, yeah, and somebody else heard it, so it was verified. Um, we were all out camping, and I got woke up about two o'clock, and I heard two kids giggling, 
and talking. One of the campers with us had their son with them. Brian. Brian had his son with him. I really thought it was them. And because that was the first thing that went through my mind, oh, it's Brian and his son come up back up to camp for something. I, I didn't get up. I didn't look. But they were giggling and they were talking. They were, they were, you couldn't really understand what they were saying. It was just kind of a gibberish, but it, mm. it sounded like kids. And um, I just went back to sleep because I thought it was them. And then yeah, and this... when, yeah, when the sun come up was when the owl, the owl was uh, hooting, and then we had that scream over there. That mm-hmm. was, it was like south, no, it was north of us, behind our tent yeah. back there. Yeah. Yeah, and this the, this place where we were at, it was nowhere near where children, besides Brian's son, which they were, I think they went to bed quite early that night, and they, they were sleeping in his truck, which was maybe 100 yards away, and uh, yeah. there, there were no kids anywhere near us. And uh, you had woken up, and... Uh, you were sitting there talking. I think we were, we were sitting around the fire, and you started talking about it. And Bill kind of perks up, and he was like, "You heard that too?" And uh, yeah. sure enough, Bill it had woken. It was loud enough to wake Bill up. Which, if he's listening, you're hard of hearing. But uh, <laughs> it was still able to uh, wake him up. And but the thing is, I, none of us got it on on audio. I don't think Shane is still. No. He still has it, and. Uh, He's been piled up with a bunch of stuff, so he hasn't gotten all the way through it. I'm, I I kind of hope he got it, but at the same time, I really like that camping spot, so I hope he didn't catch it because if he caught it and I hear it, I might not want to camp in that spot again because that's creepy, and we What's were he, way out there. And Bill said it was right beside his camp. He, You know, he, he was in his tent on the top of his truck and everything. He said it was mm-hmm. right there. He was right there between him and um, Cynthia's tent was next to him, wasn't it? He said it was right between them. And what's funny is there's a there's a little slope right there. Um, it could very well have been something that snuck up that slope and was sitting there giggling and like maybe I don't want to go out there and say juvenile Bigfoots, but I mean. Where he heard it is, well, you know, it's a drop off. You know, there's been there's been reports of people, you know, saying that they mimic children or you know words they hear and everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could it could have been, and the way that that place has grown up and that that slope right there, you know, on the edge of the campground and everything where we were camping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very easily something could have come right up there. Yeah. Uh, Lori, do you have any questions? I do. I do. Um, <laughs> let me go back. Got to go back to Cloudy. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, um, not not to take away from y'all's experience, but uh, you had to have been absolutely terrified to be 15 years old 
up in a deer stand and to see something like that. Um, can you tell us what time of the day it was? Did you mention what time of the day it was? It was it was like eight eight fifteen in the morning. Okay. And so the sun was yeah because I had I had yeah you know I was I was raised up there in those mountains. My my grandparents raised me up there in the mountains and. You know, we had been, we had heard all the stories. Uh, my grandparents were from Germany, so I heard their stories of the Almasta and everything from from there. My grandfather told me told me this story one time, and he said he hated being the youngest of the family because once a week they took a plate of food outside and put it beside the well for the old people. And said when they got done with the dishes, he'd have to go get the plate, and the plate would be across the yard on top of the fence post every time. Oh, my goodness. And this was in Cloudy or uh, No, no, no. This was in Germany. This was in Germany. Okay. Okay. Papa was born in 1896 was when he was born. Crazy. Wow. That's amazing. So your folks did know about it. I think your grandpa, your folks Papa, knew about Papa, believe me, yeah. Okay, but what about your dad? Oh, he said he said I was just saw. didn't want to stay in the tree. I didn't want to stay in the tree. I didn't want to do it. You know, he was just really flip about it. He's like, yeah, no, no, you're just making this up, and you know. He didn't believe it all. Well, you know, Cloudy is not very far from Hanobi. So did you ever hear stories about Sasquatch when you were a kid? Well, we heard stories. You know, um, I've got a couple of aunts. My my uncles married um, some Choctaws, you know, from there and everything. And I, I've always heard the stories um, about the... Um, the, the Bigfoot, the wild man, and everything from there, from them, you know, the Indian history and everything. And, of course, um, I heard I heard a version of the, oh, what was the name of that stand that happened where the, um, the, the colonel and his men went after the wild men that had been killing the children down there in southeast uh, Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. And I heard, I heard, yeah, I heard another version of that, hmm. but it was, um, it was the, the story, but it was that the Indians seen it, and I heard that version from from my relatives, my you know hmm. the the Indian side, and everything. So. Do you have any Native American? I'm sorry. Do you have any Native American in your blood? Not in me, but I, mm-hmm. a lot of my cousins, uh, my okay. uncles married married into the, you know, the Choctaw women and everything. And so I've got some cousins that are, that have the, the Choctaw blood and, you know, they grew up around it too. Okay. Okay. 
Well, um, my next question is, um, how far from Lake Thunderbird State Park do you live? Three miles, maybe, four. Wow, that's close. Have you ever heard of any sightings being reported from that area? I go over there looking a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you've never heard of any sightings being reported from that area? um, No, not really. Okay. Well, it looks like a spot. Yeah. To to cut in real quick, uh, there yes. was there is a I believe it's on BFRO. There is one BFR report out of Thunderbird, and it's it happened on the northwest side of the lake. You know, uh, well it's on there, so I'll give it away. You know where uh, Franklin and Anderson meet? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, right up from that little uh, gas station, the the they call it's called Little, little River, but it's just a big creek that feeds into Thunderbird. Between Franklin and the lake, uh, to I believe fishermen had something screaming at them and throwing rocks and sticks at them. But this was, I believe, like 15 years ago. Now I had a couple like, of uh, I had a couple of fishermen. I was walking around the um, oh the boat slips and everything right there at uh, Alameda. So what is that? Yeah. The south southwest side of the lake. Yeah. And uh, I was walking back through there. And a couple of old fishermen told me I didn't want to go back there alone. And, of course, that made me want to go more. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So it's really really rooted on that one one place. Yeah, the the hogs around Thunderbird have gotten really bad. Like, I didn't even even deer hunt Thunderbird this year because there's too many hogs out there. Oh, geez. I've I've seen a little bit of sign, but I hadn't seen a whole lot. um, It looks like a promising area. It really does. Um, Right there between, I'm looking at a map of it right now, and it really looks, it, it looks squatchy to me. It really does. It, it, have it, you, it has some good spots. Have you ever had your horse's mane found braided? Here, no. Mm-hmm. In, I lived in um, Antlers, which is uh, down towards the southeast corner down there. I lived down there for, for 21 years. Uh, and I had a horse come up one time with a with a a little a little braid in its tail, mm. and that was before I'd ever heard about it. And so I didn't take pictures or anything. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> what about banging on your house? Have you ever had any banging on your house? 
No, I have not. Okay. Do you have any neighbors close by? There's a space between between me and my neighbors, and their houses are kind of closer to the road. My I've got seven acres here, and the house is back on the the back three. So the way it's it's set, I don't really have anybody really close to me. Um, I really think that something is living. If there's something staying around here, it will be right north of me on that place because the lady, like I said, she doesn't take care of it. It's all grown up. It's a thicket. I have gone over there and walked around, and two-thirds of it is a thicket. But uh-huh. there is places where it looks where, like something has crawled under it, you know, into the thicket. And I sat I sat here, me and uh, Merrigan, my older one, sat in my room looking out the windows and watched a, a mama fox and two babies play there in the fence row one afternoon. Wow. So, you know, there's... There could be anything. Well, back to you, Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) So, Shree, what do you think Bigfoot is? I knew you was going to ask that. I knew you was going to ask that. (laughs) I really think, you know, science has, scientists have proven that the Neanderthals did breed with other with other animals and everything and I really think it's a throwback from that. I really do. I've heard two or three different things that some people think it is a Neanderthal and a type of Neanderthal that just hit out. But I think there's enough what I've seen there was enough animal in it that you knew that it was, you know, that it was an animal. That there was intelligence in the eyes and the way it looked at hmm. me and everything, but there was still enough animal there. Hmm. Um, okay, next question. Um, why, why do you go out looking for Bigfoot, researching Do you do it Seeing that first one raised so many questions in my head, you know, and even though it's been so many years ago, I can still see it so vivid. I want to know more. And now with more people actually out trying to prove them, and, you know, I understand that it's going to take a body for science to look at it and finally be able to say, yes, these are real. Mm. I worry more about the human nature in us of, of hunting, hunting them. And I think that they need to be protected. I, I agree that they need to be protected, but um, at the same time, you know, we've had we have so many hunters out in the woods now. I I think if they were to come out, it's they would still be just as elusive. They'd probably even get worse. But 
but I, I see your point, yeah. Um, so let's switch up just a little bit. Have you ever seen a ghost? Yes, I have. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've actually seen a couple of spirits, but I seen one that really touched my life. And um, it was when my grandmother died. And I, w- I was there, and, and her reaching out towards it, I knew what it was. It was Papa had come to get her. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Gave me chill bumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lori, do you have any And the other questions? one was just a by chance, huh? Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, let's hear about the second me. one. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear about what? I missed it. Yes, we want to hear about oh, the was... second spirit. Um, I was I was driving down the road, um, coming home from um from work late. When I first went to work for OU, I I had all the bad hours. You know, when we had special dinners and everything, I sometimes I wouldn't get home till midnight, one o'clock. And I was coming down a road. It wasn't close to a, a graveyard or anything, but it walked in front of my car, going towards a house, and it was. You could see the shape, but you could see through it, and it just walked in front of my car just across the road. Wow. And I didn't sleep that night. Yeah, could you tell whether it was a male or a female? No. I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman shape. It was just the head, the shoulders, and the drape, and there was was Mm. no feet or anything. Wow. And like I said, I came home and I did not sleep that night. <laughs> I don't blame you. So, <laughs> so when you when you heard the little children, did you once you realized it wasn't who you thought it was, what was your first thought? Did you think it was uh, Bigfoot or did you think it was paranormal? The first thing I thought was that it was a Bigfoot. Mhm. And the more the more that me and Bill talked about it and everything, the more that was sneaking into my mind was you know, this could be a, this could be an old house place. This could be, you know, something tied to the tied to the land. And that is very possible because there's there are several uh old homesteads out there. Like, we, we even have a, a camp spot out there called the Old Homestead. 
the one with the creepy cellar across the road from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is creepy. <laughs> I think it's very interesting, and this is just my opinion, and the reason why I said I knew it is because almost every Bigfoot researcher that you talk to has had some sort of uh, either seen an apparition or had a a paranormal experience of some kind. And um, I don't know what the correlation is there. It's very not unheard of that almost all that have ever had a sighting have also seen spirits and not everybody now but it's it's quite a large number so I think that's not saying that Bigfoot are ghosts I'm not saying that at all I'm just saying it's um, be something to to, uh, research you know do a study on why there is that um kind of thing going on. I have a book that I bought and it's um Indian Indian Legends, I think the name of it is. And it actually talks about the different groups and it, now it went back into the sixteen hundreds with the with the Indian tribes and the way that they, they believed in spirits and some of them called Bigfoot Sasquatch, you know, brothers um, was just another tribe, you know, and things like this. And they all put Bigfoot, well, 90% of them put Bigfoot as a good, a good spirit or a good friend or a brother, a good brother. And, you know, a, a lot of people say that when you're, when you're more open towards the unknown, you know, the spirits, the ghost, the paranormal mm-hmm. is when you have more of a connection with these animals. I believe these creatures. That, that I have a I have a coworker who's also in uh the SBA that is is Indian and to listen to his stories from his his grandmother and his family, you know about these creatures and everything. It's, I mean, you, you can see it, you can hear it. And so the reading that I've done is it's brought a lot of that, you know, to light that these, you know, these creatures maybe they was a tribe at one time, just another tribe. You know, there's there's different kinds of tribes. There's in Arizona the the tribe that they talked about as uh, being redheaded, redheaded giants. Now they were um, more destructive. Um, the stories go that they were they would steal kids and steal women and and kill them and eat them and you know, in that way they were cannibals. But. Ninety percent of the stories are where they talk about them being friends or brothers to the Indians. You hear a lot of stories like that too. 
you know, where they actually traded with them and um, had gatherings and stuff where they came. And um, but then you also hear the stories about where their women have disappeared and then returned later pregnant and uh, things like that, too. Yes, I've heard a couple of those, too, yeah. Hmm. Well, Dustin, what do you want to talk about now? <laughs> well, uh, I think Lauren only set us up for an hour, so we're getting uh, uh, close to the end. We've got 35 more minutes. Oh, do we? She said, yeah, she set it up for 90. Oh, all righty. I mean, um, do you have any more questions? Yeah, I do. I uh, might as well ask this. Have you ever seen a UFO? That I have not. Um, my um, ex-husband is a truck driver. And going across East Texas, um, no, West Texas, the stories of the lights and everything, Mm-hmm. for... 20 years riding with him. I'd never seen any of those. Never seen any of the lights. But so I, have, I have never seen a UFO. He said he one night seen? he thought he'd seen a light. Mm-hmm. But he never really went into it. But now you're a single lady. How in the world do you break the news to your potential <laughs> serious relationship that <laughs> well I've been I've been single a long time and I have learned this that you do not tell uh anybody that you're dating or wanting to date that you um that you hunt eight hundred pound monkeys because they either <laughs> look at you like you're crazy or that you're badass and they leave. <laughs> I tell them I'm still single. <laughs> well, I, th- I think we ran off the last one, George. Oh, that was that was funny. That was so funny. <laughs> well, he, he was a non-believer, and then when things started happening, he was yeah, he was ready to go, and yeah. So. <laughs> so he was convinced Either he was convinced That all of you were crazy And making it all up Or was he convinced he, that he, Bigfoot are real I will I will put it this way He actually thought it was a big joke To begin with And actually yeah. made a bird call When we went on a night investigating And mess, it just pissed off everybody But before the night was over With the sounds and everything going on he was ready to get out of the woods and will not go I back to the woods. <laughs> yeah, I think that night was the first night Sheree has ever seen me pissed off. Did you see the looks I was giving him? <laughs> yeah, that, that, he was that's not good for that, That's when it clicked that he was the one that did it because we were in two separate vehicles and we were slowly creeping through the woods. And uh, well, on a road, but uh, we were gonna 
drop a couple people off and then go around this little mountain, and then some of us were going to walk over to where we dropped the first truck off. And I'm in the lead because I'm I think I think our our Kindle was there and uh, a few others and and I think Cynthia and Charles, but me and uh-huh. Kendall were the only ones that really knew the area really well, so everybody was having to follow me. Well, we had all the windows down. We're in the first truck just kind of talking, driving, and I hear what – to me it sounded like somebody goes, help, like that. And I slam on the brakes, and I jump out, and I go back to the, the truck with Cynthia, Charles, George, and Sheree, and I'm like, uh, did y'all hear that? And uh, George and Charles were like, yeah, we heard it. And I look over, and I see that Sheree is – she's just got a – She's mad, and I just oh, no. turn around, walk off. <laughs> oh, and, it was, uh, was not nice. <laughs> oh my gosh! But when that but when that yell went off right before the sun came up, he was like, "Did you hear that?" And I went, "Yeah, I'm awake." I said, "Are you?" And he, I mean, he just turned over and was just like instantly still. And I was like, "Okay." So I got up and went out in the camper. You know, when that had happened. So yeah. But that was that was not a good evening. <laughs> yeah, he was he was all fun and jokes and talking loud, and then that's I think it was Sunday morning when the ha- the the big howl happened. After that, he was quiet, barely talked, didn't crack no jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not at all. He was just yeah, he was let's go. <laughs> I love it when unbelievers go and stuff happens, and it, it's just wonderful. It's just wonderful, especially when uh, – I'll tell you my deal was um, when I was married to my last husband, he thought – he would call it what we did was leprechaun hunting. He said we were hunting for leprechauns, you know. Hunting leprechauns? Yes, that's what he called our Bigfoot hunting. We were hunting the leprechauns. That's how he made fun of it. He thought we were all crazy. Just he he just and and still he 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 had a hard time believing anything. So we took him out into the carport and there was a lot of lumber laying in the carport on sawhorses and um, we took one of the pieces a board and hit the lumber two times and it was just it was really loud and it just echoed out of that carport and from the woods across the street came two knocks <coughs> and this was right across the street from where we lived and I said I told him it was going to happen I said there there'll be two knocks respond to these two knocks that's how it would would always happen out there, and uh, and when those two knocks occurred, his eyes were just bugging out of his head, and he said, "I need a bigger gun." That's what he said. <laughs> I need a bigger gun. <laughs> but you know, he still wasn't on board, even though that was right there. And what are the odds? I mean, who could have been out in those woods and knocked back on cue? You know, it was just, he just could not believe it. 
and he never did. He never, you know, he was just one of those that was never, no matter what, unless one walked right up, was he going to believe it? He would have to, and I, I, I understand him because I was that way. I, I sort of believed that I didn't really, I, I thought I believed until I saw one. And then when I saw one, it was like my whole world turned upside down. And I was like, I knew at that moment that I actually did not believe until I saw one. So sometimes that's what it takes is actually laying your eyes on one and there's no denying what you're seeing. So have you had any other uh, uh, Sasquatch experiences? I had one two years ago that was really cool. And um, a fellow Squatcher, you know, got hold of me and asked me would I go with him in this place. And this was the urban um, Bigfoot investigation. Okay. And... I said, I said, okay, yeah, sure. You know, I'm off work today. Sure, let's go. So you mean by and I met. It was near a town. Is that what you mean? By it urban? was. It was. It was less than five miles from downtown Oklahoma City. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And it was. It's right close to a giant golf course, and. Um, it's right close to Tinker is where it is. And it it's about, I guess there's about 20 acres in there that has just kind of grown up and nothing really there. But there's houses on one side of it, and there's a, there's a bar on one side of it, and then there's a strip mall on one side. And then the north side turns into a a, a, a river there, and it goes on into the city, and um, anyway, he, I met him there, and we went in there, and he told me about the place, and, you know, that he, it had some weird trees pushed over, and he wanted another opinion and everything, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding. There's cars zooming by. There's, you know, everything going on here. <laughs> And it was it was it was a really eye opening thing. It really was because we went in there by the edge of the creek, and it was really growed up. And um, there was a tornado go through there in ninety six, ninety seven, through that part, and they hadn't really cleaned up a whole lot, you know, through there. There was a bunch of um, some old concrete and some stuff in there that you could tell had been there quite a while and had new growth, you know, above it and, and everything. And the, some rottening trees, you know, you, you could tell they'd been there quite a while. And um, we're walking through there, and the new growth, there was some, some new trees and everything that were broke over at at a um, little over six foot. I'm 5'7", and when I stretch my arm up, it's a little over six and a half. And it was at that point. And they were broke over. And there was one tree that was new growth. You could tell, you know, it, it hadn't been there long. That had been 
oh, it was probably four inches across and had been pushed over, but it had been pushed over against the uh, where if anything would have just fell, it would have fell you know, downhill. This was uphill. It was pushed uphill. And he was showing me that. I'm, I'm pointing out things that he'd never even noticed. And we were walking through there. And um, there's some really tall grass. This grass was probably probably four and a half foot tall through there and everything. And we're looking, we're scanning it and everything. And on one side, there was some bigger trees. And you could tell there was some big rocks in there and stuff, you know, from we, before we got to it. And we seen a stump, and I stopped. And why I took, I did not take a picture of this stump, I have no idea. I took, <laughs> oh, good God, 200 pictures within this three hours that we were in there. And I said, well, is that a stump? And I'm looking at it. And he stops and looks, and he goes, I think so. And I stand there a minute, I'm going, yeah, it's a stump. I said, I said are we going to circle around? He goes, yeah. And I said, okay, we'll see it when we get over there. And we walk off the other way to circle around and we're finding you know you can find beds where the, all the grass is pushed down and some more pushed over trees and they had the creek running through there and a little creek off of it and there was a bunch of tires and everything and they were thrown around in such a, a way and you could tell it was fresh you know it still had some of them had leaves on them they had fresh leaves underneath them had still had green grass underneath them, so you know they'd been moved around. And we're walking through there, and it was just, it was eerie. And we walked back in. We actually jumped deer in there. And I was total shocked that they were that close. And it was, they were real skittish, and they jumped up and took off, and it was like, okay. And we walked on around. We come up behind the, the strip mall, and there was a... um a Sam's Club, and some restaurants and stuff there. And their trash dumpsters, you know, were behind the stores there. At every dumpster, the tree closest to it, the lowest limb, there was no little limbs coming off of it. You, It looked like something had literally been grabbing that limb to go over the fence. Um, we found what looked like a knuckle print, but it was... It was old enough that I told him, I said, I didn't think that it would do any good to cast it or anything because you, it was old. But there was so much empty food packets and, and trash back there. There was probably 20 feet from the fence, all the way down the fence, there was empty food packages and stuff. And um, a bunch of potatoes and oranges, orange peels and stuff like that was just all over the place through there. And we walked mm. around, and we come up to the last corner, and we were walking through. And about halfway through it, I stopped, and I go, where's that stump? And he goes, it was between the two willows. I said, yeah, I'm between the two willows. Where's the stump? And he gets to looking. He literally almost leaves me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and it was like, Wait a minute, wait, whoa, and I'm looking, and I could not find anything where it looked like something had laid down everywhere, so it wasn't like just a, a print, 
But there was no stump there when we got there. When I got over there between those trees, there was no stump there. And it was like, he was like, okay, we need to go. I really need to get to work. And I, you know, he was making excuses as we was going out. He was really moving. So, but being where it was, I was totally amazed. That close to a big city, people, stores and everything. Yes. Uh, surprised. Yes, very surprised. Um, just north of that town where that's next to, um, there was a siding going across the railroad tracks. Um, I think that was <clears throat> 20 years ago, though, when it was, wasn't all built up yet. Uh, another one of our uh, members, Brian, mm-hmm. said something about he had a uh, one of his workers had something going on there, too, in that area. But I never heard the whole story. Hmm. So, um, but it, I mean, that river, that river winds over, and it's right south of, um, it goes right beside, what is it, 40? They go into the city yeah. that way? I think so. And there is a big, there's a apartment complex, and then there's this great big huge open field and all these tree trees around it and that uh little river just runs right through it. And that would that would be a neat place to go get in and, and follow it up and look. I mean, really neat. Mhm. Hmm. Yeah, I've drove by that place a million times and uh never thought about Going and checking it out until you went in there with him, and that was. And I, I pulled it up on Google, and I was like, "There is a, a creek, and I mean, they follow creeks. Why not? Yeah. And there's, there's not that many people that go in there, if any. Yeah. And like I said, it was just it was, it was amazing to see that you know right there in the middle of a town. With everything going on around it, I mean, there was all kinds of noise with the traffic, uh, with the train, with you – know, we were hearing all kinds of sounds. Mm. You know, it wasn't a, a peaceful forest, you know. So <laughs> that was – like I said, that was the the most surprising place I've investigated was right there. Wow. Uh-huh. So now all those people out more? there that live in near cities, there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, that bad bad thing about somebody seeing one in that area is it it'd be harder to believe somebody seen one out there than out in the woods, well, out in the woods, woods, but, I mean, of course, somebody, or people like us would likely believe it, but normal Joe would be like, oh, you're crazy. (laughs) But if I recall, uh, we've had several guests that have talked about 
having experiences and where they live is in a a semi-urban area or rural, but it's on the edge of of town. And, um, Mm -hmm. but it, you know, it would be within a neighborhood. And uh, you would think, well, surely how does it get to that location uh, where they're at without passing dozens of houses? But there will always be the common denominator. There's a creek, there's a wooded area, there's a way for them to hide uh, to enter the area. So regardless of there being several houses there, if they have a way to, to hide themselves, they can go anywhere and do, yeah. obviously. So Cherie, Very true, you know. And how many, an how many people have seen, oh. how many people have seen them and go, oh, I, that's not what I, that's not what, what that is. Exactly. You know, so, exactly. Yeah. Or 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 just write it off as a hunter. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. I knew of a gentleman that lived down in Magnolia, Texas, and he had a job in Conroe, and he would travel on a very busy. Um, highway to go to work and um, the traffic is just like unbelievable but he was crossing a dry bridge which is was over a dry piece of land and he saw one down below uh, broad daylight hundreds of people in cars going back and forth and um, so you know yeah, yeah. So it's definitely not a cow. So, but there were cows out there, but it was not a cow what he saw. So, yeah, you just never know. And they get pushed out of their uh, normal areas. You know, sometimes they have to go where they can. And So, Sri, the question uh, I was going to ask you is, um, have you ever had an experience that that scared you so bad that you almost quit Bigfoot researching? Hmm. I've had a couple (laughs) of spooky ones. Mm-hmm. When you have that that feeling, you're being watched, that place Mm -hmm. That place we went to camp the last time, Dustin, oh, my gosh. And, of course, he had to go out and get people, you know, to show them where it was and get left there by yourself, and you're just kind of looking around like, okay, somebody, something's watching, you know. That feeling always gets me is when I feel like something's watching me. Mm-hmm. But I really haven't – maybe some of the nights that I'm I'm over at Lake Thunderbird walking around – or like that, I've had, you know, feelings like, okay, we need to go. But nothing to the point of going to keep me out of the woods. Mm. Well, yeah, that spot is pretty creepy. Yeah, there's a couple of, yeah, that, that place is really creepy. Now, when I had my first encounter when I was 15, now I did not go back in the woods the rest of that deer season, and that was opening weekend. 
Yeah. Well, I don't blame but, you there. But that's the only time that I've really just not wanted to go in the woods. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to share with us? Got 12 minutes left. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if you've uh, run out of things, we can go ahead and call it a night or you would like to share some more experiences, uh, we're open to hear it. Mm. I wish more people would get out and go to these little gatherings. I spend a lot of time uh, traveling around going to these little gatherings for Bigfoot, like down at Anadarko. They had their own, each of these little Indian tribes are having their own little Bigfoot meeting. And they they bring in a speaker and they I've got more t-shirts from these places cuz you go and they they give you bags with t-shirts in them you know from the from the tribe and I wish more people would get involved with this and, and hear the stories How do you find out about these places How do you find out about these Most places? of them are all most of them are all over Facebook That's where I've heard of the I biggest see. part of them Okay. And um, yeah, they you know they put out the advertisements and stuff. And those little, what do you call them when the the town meeting gets together, you know, and they talk about it. The one in Red Rock was fantastic. You know, they the Indians got up. They they actually had a guy in a Bigfoot suit do the old Bigfoot dance from the tribe. And they did it around the big fire, you know, and the Indians got up and they spoke about, you know, the Bigfoot and their experiences and everything and invited everybody in. And, you know, that was, that opened a lot of doors right there. Mm -hmm. And to hear the stories and to hear, especially the, the elders, they brought in a bunch of the elders to speak and tell the stories and tell the legends and I mean, these are these are great, and more people need to be involved in that and to see that. You know, I get a lot of people ask, you know, where can I go to meetings? Where can I go to talk to people about it? And if those got out more, and people knew about mm-hmm. it and was more involved in that, the new one that's coming up in um, Colgate this year is going to be really neat because that's the first one I've heard of anywhere in that little area down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Colgate, Atoka, there's been, a, you know, sightings down there for years. Mm-hmm. When is Colgate? It's in April. Uh, I believe it's April 18th because I was going to go to it, but that is my oldest daughter's birthday weekend. <laughs> and Yeah, you're not going, yeah. are you? <laughs> nope. Well, she's been she's been asking here lately that she wants to because she didn't go to, get to go to Hanobi last year, so she's been wanting to go to one. So I don't know, but if if it's her choice, then uh, we'll be there. But counting on it. <laughs> I 
I think I think me and Merrigan are going to go and camp out at Stillwell this year, the first weekend of March, mm. and do that conference and camp out. So I ask her. I ask her about it. She goes, "You mean there's another one?" And I'm going, "Yeah, dear. You know, and if you want to go and camp, so I'm going to take her with me and go down there and camp out for that one." <laughs> well, we're going to try to make the Stillwell or the symposium, the Stillwell one, but that's the weekend after Falk. And yeah, yeah. I I only I only like to drive so much. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll likely make it up there. Yeah, Merrigan's like attitude was. Merrigan's attitude was. You mean you're going to go bigfoot in two weekends in a row? <laughs> <laughs> I could actually go three in a row, but I'm not going to do that. Oh yeah, husband. definitely. You would just not. You would disown me if I was gone three weekends in a row. But uh, I could do it feasibly. <laughs> but. <laughs> I took Merrigan, Merrigan is my autistic child. I took her with me to Red Rock, and they had a Bigfoot calling contest. She took she mm-hmm. took second prize <laughs> and won a, really? a thirty dollar gift card for Walmart's and everything. And so she she tells everybody she's a Bigfoot caller. She's won the contest for the Bigfoot caller. <laughs> <laughs> is this like Red Rock Canyon? Red Rock. It's Red Rock. It's up north. Of uh, Stillwater, um, they call it Red Rock Gathering. I think they called it is what it they okay. called it. Okay. Yeah. And that was oh, what was the name of the tribe up there? But it was it was really neat. I mean, they fed everybody, which it was hot dogs and chips, but they fed everybody, and they had a few little people selling stuff, and then they had the big fire and the speakers and the the um the elders and everything it was it was really neat wow i well, think you're about... one of the the little ones oh go ahead <laughs> oh no that's fine i was just saying we have five minutes okay um <clears throat> I've been trying to make it to one of the the littler conferences like you're talking about, but every every time uh, I realize, oh, it's this weekend. I've already made plans, and it's it's hard to keep track of the the smaller ones sometimes. Very true. Well, the one in Andadarko, I had a car full. Mister Bill went with me. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> the the coworker that's in the he went with me. And actually, Merrigan went with us over there too, to that one. And um, there was a couple of the other members that was there. We ended up sitting there talking with a bunch of people and everything else. It was, it was really neat. It was a good evening. All right. Well, I guess we'll start wrapping it up. Um, Lori, thank you for for coming and helping me tonight since Lauren could not make it. You did. I enjoyed it. Yes, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're here. I can't think of everything. 
<laughs> and uh, Shree, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I always love hearing your story. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you for inviting me. I had a blast. It was really neat doing this. And I enjoy talking to you. I, I enjoy, enjoy talking to you all the time. We need to get together and share some more recipes. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm looking for the looking forward to the Philly Philly steak next weekend. That is oh, still yeah. on the menu, right? Oh yes, yes, that that is on. So, oh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make some. I got some new recipes for banana nut brownies. That sounds really good. I figure y'all are gonna be my my guinea pigs. I'm gonna make a bunch and bring down there. Oh, I'll be your. Oh yes. All right, so so you're making it uh, falc, Cherie? Yes, yes, I'm making it. Awesome. I've actually, I've actually yeah. took off. I've took off work on Friday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave out here early Friday morning and be there awesome. for the weekend. So, yeah, great, great. It's gonna be so much fun. It is gonna be so yes. much fun, y'all. And if if you're interested in coming, all the information is on the night callers page. And um, anything else you want to know, just just ask us. You know, just post a question. Um, it's it's more of a meet and greet, not a convention or conference or anything like that. It's just you want to get out and meet some people and have a good time and meander around mm-hmm. and do some research. It's you just can't beat this. You just can't, and it's for a good cause. It's to help the Alex Smith. Park. They're outside of Falk in Arkansas. And um, so come one, come all. There's plenty of room. And uh, I'll be there, and Miss Lauren will be there, and Dustin, and Cherie, and uh, Rob Blackburn, and uh, Steve Crabtree, who, 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 for people who don't know who he is, he was the Bigfoot in the original Boggy. Um, preaching for Boggy Creek. So, um, anyway, uh, time to have a good time. Looks like the weather's going to be good, and it's a beautiful place from what I hear. I've never been there, so I'm be my first time. And anyway, they're fixing to cut us off. So I'm going to say good night <laughs> and thank you, Cherie, for coming on. Good night yeah, and thank, thank you all so for much, having Cherie. me. Okay, bye-bye. Good night, everybody. All right, good night. Bigfoot Radio.